This is Slack and Slash Productions. Bringing you an extra special bonus Strahdcast, a fast cast, featuring Scott Sharplin and Gail Bird. So today, I want to talk about a problematic aspect of the Ravenloft universe, or Ravenloftiverse. Mm-mm. No, we're not doing that? No. Okay. Um, it is uh, something that's been part of Ravenloft lore since the first edition module in 1983. In fact, it goes even further back than that, as I'll explain. We're talking about the Vistani. The Vistani as a, a ethnic group of NPCs within the world of Barovia. And I'll start by telling you what I know about kind of the history of this troublesome (laughs) element, and uh, then specifically what Wizards of the Coast has done recently to try and redeem themselves and and kind of clean up this stereotype uh, and where they have failed. And then last, I'll run some ideas past you about what what we could do in our own campaign to make the Vistani a little more palatable. Okay. So the, the Vistani are uh, essentially stand-ins for the Romani people. They're an ethnic group within the world of Ravenloft that is designed to evoke our cultural ideas or stereotypes about Romani. Uh, and in fact, the first couple of editions of Ravenloft didn't even use the word Vistani. They didn't bother to make up a word. They just used the other word for Romani, which is the G word, which we now don't use because we know it's offensive. Yeah, it's a slur. It's a racial slur. Right. Uh, In the 80s, that was not well understood. Uh, And when I said a moment ago that uh, it actually goes back a lot further, uh, I suspect that Tracy and Laura Hickman, when they wrote the very first Ravenloft module, they chose to use the Romani uh, because Dracula, the original novel Dracula, has Romani, or the G word, in it. Oh. Count Dracula has servants. They they have a different name in the book, uh, the Svalich clan or something, but... Again, it's same series of stereotypes. It's, it's very clear, yeah, and they and they work for the count. That same the same series of stereotypes is in the Wheel of Time series. Yeah, it's the same thing. So. Yeah, so so you can rattle off a bunch mm-hmm. of those stereotypes, those traits, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we, we mostly we absorb them through kind of cultural osmosis in our culture. Um, the Romani are traditionally. A itinerant people. They they travel around. They're nomadic. They travel in wagons. They uh, are musical and they dress very vibrantly with lots of ostentatious jewelry. They steal babies. They steal well, yeah, thieves you, and liars. It's right, all nonsense. Right, and they and they have a tie to the supernatural. Allegedly, um, they can cast curses, like in Stephen King's uh, novel Thinner, or Buffy, uh, or in Buffy, of course. Um, the evil eye is a thing they do, and fortune-telling, uh, divination. And I suspect that one of the main reasons that the Hickmans chose to use the Romani in their original Ravenloft is because they wanted a fortune-telling element. 
that would serve as a kind of randomizer at the beginning of each game. So in, in the original Ravenloft, the 83 Advanced Dungeons and Dragons Ravenloft, before you even start playing, you do a card reading. And in that version, you just do ordinary playing cards, but they all symbolize something, and it helps to determine where certain treasures are hidden, huh. as well as what Strahd's main goal is, and even where you can find Strahd most of the time. Well, that's a groovy thing you didn't need to be racist about. That's right. Yeah, they, <laughs> they totally didn't. And, and yeah, the concept itself uh, is not inherently racist, but I guess they went, oh, uh, vampires, Dracula... He had his, his Romani, and, and we want to do this fortune-telling thing, so we'll, we'll use Romani for that purpose. And, you know, I can kind of get behind them and say that so far that's not necessarily a negative stereotype, but all of the bad stuff came along with it. And if we flash forward now, even to the most recent versions, the Curse of Strahd and the Curse of Strahd revamped, you see that these Vistani, as they're called now, still have all of the stereotypes that we've mentioned, uh, the good and the bad and the neutral, and maybe worst of all, they are Strahd's minions. They are the ones in the land of Barovia that act as Strahd's eyes and ears. They're so beloved by Strahd that he allows them to, to move out of the mists and go to other planes. Uh, nobody else is allowed to do that. Um, so, so their bond with Strahd is integral to the narrative, or so it seems. And that randomizing factor is integral. Uh, if you, you don't have to use it, I suppose, but it's, it's pretty cool. It cool. Now they have the Taroka deck uh, instead of a playing card deck. And Taroka, of course, is just a, an Urzatz tarot deck, yeah. Um, which, again, is stereotypically associated with the Romani, even though there's no historical link. Uh, between Taro and, and the Romani people. So, uh, I mean, rather than talk about whether or not this is all problematic, I I'm just going to say that th there's a problem <laughs> in taking a much-abused and marginalized culture and dropping it wholesale, like all of the traits that we associate with it, all at once into this world. Um, I think it's lazy, for one thing, and it's just... Easy for all the players, uh, a bunch of white folks playing around a table, just to assume that that's how Romani work in the real world, as well as... It's just perpetuating yeah. idiotic nonsense. Idiotic nonsense. Well put. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sums it up. Um, it has, it is, it's become more... Um, it, it's now more culturally unacceptable to represent those stereotypes, even in tabletop role-playing games. Sure. And Wizards attempted to rectify that when they released the revamped edition of Curse of Strahd. Well, what did they do? In fact, that's almost all they did <laughs> in the difference between Curse of Strahd and the Curse of Strahd revamped. There's really not a lot of other differences. So here's what they did. There was originally, and right now I'm looking at uh, the Curse of Strahd, the one that hasn't been uh, redacted. So there are a couple of lines in this that don't make it into the revamped version. One of them is, let's see if I can find it here. The Vistani, singular Vistana, are wanderers who live outside civilization, traveling about in horse-drawn, barrel-topped wagons called Vardos which they build themselves. 
that doesn't sound bad, but Vardos actually comes from the Romani language. It's oh. their word for wagon. So even oh. though we've even though we've filed off the serial numbers and we've changed Romani to Vistani, that word somehow made it through uh, until Curse of Strahd revamped. And they went, oh, no, we shouldn't call them Vardos. They just took that out. Now they just travel around in horse-drawn, barrel-topped wagons. <laughs> Much better. Yeah. Thanks. Good job. Yeah. Uh, and here's the other thing they changed. Um, there's a line here. Uh, that says, although they can seem lazy and irresponsible to outsiders, oh, no. the Vistani are serious people, quick to act when their lives or traditions are threatened. Yeah, there's no reason for that to be in there, even in role-playing terms. Player characters can make up their own minds about whether NPCs are lazy and irresponsible. And they did the right thing by taking out the first half of that sentence. <laughs> so in Curse of Strahd Revamped, it just says, the Vistani are serious people, quick to act when their lives or traditions are threatened. That's it, man. Those are the changes. That's it. They still have a long section about Vistani curses, about the evil eye, and of course about Strahd's yeah. bond with Now them. who's lazy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, <laughs> lazy and irresponsible. Frig. Yeah. Yeah, so I'd like to say they tried their best, but I, I don't think they did. I think that they were, they didn't understand the problem, and they weren't willing to do a more complete overhaul of the Vistani's role within the universe of, of Ravenloft, because they are really deeply tied into mm -hmm. the story. So then, what are you going to do? Well, the way I see it, in a circumstance like this, there are a couple of things that a, a writer or a dungeon master or a storyteller can do. If you're faced with something that's obviously a problem, that's a stereotype, and you want to modify it, that the first thing you can do is tweak it. Um, so you keep the Vistani as an ethnic group, maybe an ethnic group that wanders from place to place, but you take some of the other tropes and you just sub them out. So the fact that they are musical and vibrantly dressed, for example, these are stereotypes about the, the Romani. Or even the fact that they are mostly dark hair, dark curly hair, you know, dark eyed, dark skinned, all of that stuff, that's very easy to change. Those cosmetic differences will present the Vistani in a different way. So there may still be an element of recognition at the table. People may still go, oh, these are based on the Romani, but now they're not just the Romani full stop. Like, they are partially inspired by those stereotypes, but you haven't got that whole cluster of stereotypes all bundled in together. Right. Yeah? And, of course, the, the, the best ones to change are the problematic ones. So, rather than giving them magic that revolves around curses and evil eye and stuff like that, you could sub that out, and maybe they've got, say, um, nature magic, druidic magic, you know. Um, if, as an aside, I was dealing with a problematic uh, element of an aboriginal group in fiction, then giving them nature magic would probably be a bad choice, because right. we already have all these stereotypes about how, you know, the aboriginals or the indigenous people are spirit, uh, stewards of the land and so on. But because we already think, you know, Romani equals this, then just changing that, tweaking that a little bit, could make it more palatable. Mm -hmm. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So those are, uh, I mean, not entirely cosmetic, but those are, those are uh, tweaks, minor changes... That, that break up that tight cluster of stereotypes in a way that 
make the Vistani unique, uh, that can make them a distinct entity unto themselves rather than an obvious parallel for the real world Romani. Is that what you're going to do? No. Okay. No. And uh, the reason that I, I don't think that's the right choice here is because I know that my players are familiar enough with Ravenloft that they they still know. They know from previous editions that Vistani equals Romani. Okay. So in, in my circumstance, I don't think it's enough. I think if you were introducing Ravenloft to a completely green group of players, maybe that's one way to go. So what you got? Well, it seems to me that the easiest way to decouple, uncouple the Vistani from the Romani is to no longer make them an ethnic group. Because that's the whole problem. It's, it's pointing at a race of people and saying, you are always X, Y, and Z. You're always these things. If, if the Vistani is not an ethnic group, then they can have all kinds of different traits, right? And it's not racist. Um, the the, the co- cur- current cultural parallel that I can think of is the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian series does not introduce Mandalorians as a race. And... And it, they're, they're, they're a creed, right? They're, a, they're a, a, a group of people united through a sort of cause or an understanding or a, a set of beliefs. Um, that's good in the Star Wars universe because all the other races in Star Wars, it, it, there's lazy writing surrounding them, right? All huts are criminal masterminds or thugs. All Rodians eat raw meat. Like, I, I don't know, whatever. There's just, there's, they, they always do that. It's lazy, easy writing to just go, well, yeah, you know. Bothans are like that. So uh, this way, you've got people who are like that, who, who adopt certain traits by choice, right. not not by birth. Yeah. Yeah. Much better. Um, so now the, the challenge for me as a storyteller is to figure out what brings this group together. Who, who are the Vistani at their core that make them a sort of fringe element within Barovian culture, that make them a little bit mysterious, and potentially dangerous, although I'm not convinced that they need to be dangerous. Um, that's that's one of the last tweaks I'll, I'll talk about. <clears throat> the, the thing that occurred to me first, because my own background is in the performing arts, is having the Vistani be a traveling circus, hmm. a, a, a group of performers of, of all kinds, I suppose. And I like that for a bunch of reasons. Um, one is it allows for elements like the fortune telling mm-hmm. to come in very organically. Now these people are not a bunch of witches. There's just, you know, one or two among them who do that. And then there are other Vistani who do other things that sing mm-hmm. or dance or, yeah, etc. Um, the other thing that I like about it is that it creates, it, it makes them outsiders um, for the same reasons that, that theater performers have been outsiders throughout history um, because they represent a kind of blending of castes or classes. Um, they they represent a sort of extra cultural commentary on the rest of culture. Uh, I don't want to get too deep into it. Um, you know, it's like <laughs> early modern history stuff, Shakespeare stuff. Um, but essentially, you know, there have always been roving bands of performers that will trundle into town, um, take take your money. Um, <laughs> maybe pick a pocket while they're at it, uh, give you a show, and trundle off about their business. And because of their mystery, because of the, 
you know, the, the, the skills that they have and the fact that they're travelers, they're not from around here, all kinds of rumors can spread about them that may not even necessarily be true. But it's not based on because you were born that way. Because you were born that way, exactly. You right. don't have to be a, a Vistani, essentially, just because you were born uh, a certain race. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. And, and the very last point, uh, which brings me back to the, the role, their role as Strahd's minions, is that is an easy rumor for other Barovians to adopt. It's easy for them to think of the Vistani as Strahd's minions. Oh. And then it's not necessarily true. Or if it is true, it's not necessarily true for all of them. Hmm. Right? They can acquire a reputation as suspicious without necessarily all of them being evil. Right. Which, to me, makes for more interesting storytelling options. Mm-hmm. Right? Because even if my players who know about Ravenloft go into it assuming that the Vistani are servants of Strahd, it, it becomes interesting when they discover that not all of them are, that they may be persecuting them for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. Or even more exciting, I think, is the idea that the spies that work for Strahd are not the Vistani. They're, they're the people in plain sight. They're the, <laughs> the ordinary Barovians that, because uh, that's, that's how spies ought to work. Right. <laughs> you know? They go around digging <laughs> yeah. bells, wearing yeah. Hot, yeah. hot pink and yellow. and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they, they don't call attention to themselves, precisely. <laughs> precisely. We're not obvious at all. So that's my, that's my ambition. Um, there's still a few kinks that I haven't quite worked out. Um, that rule I told you about Vistani being able to travel beyond the mists, um, that is in the lore of Ravenloft because of an event that occurred in Strahd's past. He was Before he became a vampire, he was wounded in battle, and a traveling troop of Vistani found him and nursed him back to health, and now he kind of owes them one. And I don't know, I could just delete that story from Barovia's history. It doesn't need to be an issue at all. He can get his spies however he likes. Um, but I do like the idea of, of, of certain people who are exempt from Strahd's rules and might be able to get mm-hmm. out of the mists. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that doesn't make them necessarily evil or spies. That backstory just means maybe he just has a soft spot for them. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, that that's, that's kind of interesting, too. It, it makes for a more complicated yeah. uh, role-playing for the Vistani because... They they kind of like Strahd owes them, but he's also basically the devil. The worst. Yeah. So how how do you respond when the yeah. devil shows up and says, "I'm going to be nice to you"? Um, yeah. It's it's really too easy and lazy to say. Well, they're just a bunch of chaotic evil people who who do evil things because they like it and because Strahd rewards them. Boring. It is kinda. It is. So here's a question. Yeah. Are you going to tell your players all of this? Uh, no, but I will allude to it by offering them the chance to have Vistani as their background. Hmm. In other words, uh, the Vistani don't need to be the other ah. right off the top. We can already have a closer relationship with them. And maybe uh, they will have opportunities to ally with the Vistani um, more sooner or, or, or more readily than what's written in the book as well. Very cool. Because a lot of Ravenloft is traveling around this 
dangerous wilderness, and it makes sense to travel with people who know their way around, mm -hmm. who are already traveling. You know, like, if, if the Vasani weren't obviously evil, there's a lot of reasons to hang out with them. And then you get to role play with them instead of just <laughs> instead of just attacking them on sight. Like, <laughs> right? They're not monsters. They're actually people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just you know, honest people trying to make their way through this. Wait world. a minute. <laughs> now I'm suspicious again. Yeah. Well, it, it. I like a campaign where nothing is as it seems. So if I can keep my players guessing about what I've chosen to do with the Vistani and, mm -hmm. and, and how they're meant to relate to them, if at all, uh, then I'm happy with that. And the, the deepest secret is that I can always change my mind <laughs> in the middle of the game, and, and they won't know any different. How are you going to keep them from listening to this podcast? You think they'll want to listen to these podcasts? You don't? Damn. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. Uh-oh. Uh, you just gave away all of your secrets. <laughs> <laughs> we'll post this at the end. <laughs> well, by the way, this was our plan. I will have many more secrets. <laughs> not to worry. Strodcast is produced by Slack and Slash Productions. We're based in Cape Breton, Nova Scotia also known as Unamagi, the unceded and ancestral territory of the Mi'kmaq people. Other participants have joined the podcast remotely using Zoom from Treaty 6 land, a.k.a. Alberta, as well as Seminole territory, a.k.a. Florida. We're honored and grateful to live and work on native land. They're called First Nations for a reason. Our campaign is inspired by, and uses material from, both Curse of Strahd Revamped, published by Wizards of the Coast, and The Curse of Strahd Legendary Edition, published by Beetle and Grimms. Special thanks to Laura and Tracy Hickman for writing I-6 Ravenloft, the module that started it all. Let us know what you think of us. You can find us at slackandslashpod.com, or search us on Facebook or Twitter using the same phrase, slackandslashpod, all one word. If you like what we do, please rate or review us on the podcast platform where you found us. Until next time, thanks for listening, be brave, and shine bright. Bye.